Thanks for tuning in to How's Things, a podcast from the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm your host, Nick Gunning. Now listen, my love of Christmas books is a well-documented fact. I've talked about it for years and years on the All the Book Show, as well as in our inaugural episode of this podcast where Bo Hutchings and I hashed out some truly spectacular Christmas fiction. Uh, we had a good time with it, and I gotta say, each year I'm looking for new authors to add to my repertoire of regulars that I always go back to year after year. My guest today is one of the originals. One of the ones that I found a long time ago, and most years since I first picked up her book, The Christmas Dog, I have found a Melody Carlson book to get me through the holiday season. So my guest today is Melody Carlson, the award-winning author of over 200 books. When we get into this a little bit in the interview, not even she knows how many books she's written, so it's a high it's a high number. Uh, but they're for all ages, and they're across a wide variety of genres. She's a winner of many awards, including, just to name a few, a Romantic Times Career Achievement Award, a Rita Award, and a Carol Award for Young Adult Fiction. In 2019, her book All Summer Long was adapted as a film for Hallmark, hopefully the first of many of her books that's going to get that treatment. Uh, and some of her recent works this year include the novels The Happy Camper and The Christmas Swap, and we get into The Christmas Swap a little bit in this episode. So please welcome to the show, Melody Carlson. Melody, thanks for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm, yeah. Since Christmas is just around the corner, I thought maybe we'd start with, with a little bit of Christmas book talk. Okay, good. Many years ago, I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Christmas books, and I was looking for something Christmassy. And I'm a, I'm a dog person, so I was like, well, I need Christmas and I need a dog. And that's how I stumbled across your book, The Christmas Dog. It was just right. So that, that was a lot of fun for me to read. And in subsequent years, I read The Christmas Pony, I read Your Christmas Cat, and so on. So you definitely got my number. So I guess my first question here is, what comes first for you in the writing process? Are, are you, do you have characters that sort of pop into your mind, or is it a setting that you want to explore? Is Sometimes is it just a title that pops in your head and you go from there? It's, it's really all of the above. Sure. I mean, sometimes it's even a dream. I've done a couple Christmas books that were straight out of a dream, you know, just like a scene in the dream where I'm like going, now what? How did that happen? And so I'd have to write the book to sort of chase that trail down. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a character that is interesting. Uh, one of my Christmas books was a woman who just got out of prison and ended up playing Mrs. Santa. And, and it, that was, she was the inspiration. This year's book, it was kind of the idea of, of trading houses. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's different with every book almost. Yeah. Okay. Now I know, I mean, I mean, looking at your output, it's, it's, a, it's impressive, a little amazing that you have so many published works. So I know that you're writing across all genres and things, but I'm wondering specifically when you sit down to write a Christmas book, like what, how, how do the goals change there? Like what, what is it you think that makes a good Christmas book? The first one that I wrote was a long time ago, and and oddly enough, I was trying to write a Christmas book, but it's almost the least Christmassy of my books. Oh, really? <laughs> but, but it was also well well loved. It was called Angels in the Snow, and um, what I learned is that, you know that I did a mirror after I think I'm on like 22 this year or something. Mm -hmm. Just a good, heartwarming story, you know, with the Christmas setting. That's a, to me, that's a good Christmas book. And sometimes I think I tried harder to make it Christmassy, and then other times it's just, you know, let the story lead and have the setting and, you know, goodwill toward men and yeah. peace on earth. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, I've read, really, I've read tons of Christmas books, and I, and I feel like when I'm looking for one, 
it, I always want like just the right amount of that that nostalgic vibe, you know, just just a touch of schmaltz in there, maybe, you know, just something that that feels warm and festive, and and that's something I always find in your Christmas books. I think they just they just hit the tone just right, so it, it feels it feels familiar and it feels new at the same time. And uh, now you said with Christmas Swap, the idea came to you because you were thinking about the idea of, of a house swap. Can you talk a little bit about those settings and and about uh, what went into writing the Christmas Swap? Sure. You know, I think part of the inspiration was uh, it's it's always kind of sounded fun to me to do a house swap, not oh, necessarily yeah. at Christmas time, but but you know just to go explore somebody else's you know world and let them come to mind. And we happen to live in a place that is lovely, snowy, very you know traditional Christmassy. So so I don't want to I don't really want to trade right. my, <laughs> my Christmas world. Yeah. And so that that was sort of the idea that this guy you know, who who lives in uh, in Colorado. I'm in Oregon, but in the, in the mountains in Colorado in Breckenridge and has a beautiful home that is ideal. I mean, uh, like I think maybe I would swap with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. House. I mean, certainly. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> it's really nice, and he's. Just his background is he's a person who didn't grow up with money, but he became a successful songwriter, so he invested in this beautiful home. And then, of course, you know, people in Arizona, some of them want to snow, some of them don't. And then his family, you know, of course, some of them want the sunshine and some of them don't. And, um, you know, originally when I started writing the book, I thought I was going to tell more about the Arizona story, mm-hmm. but the Breckenridge one just took over, and it, it just, it, you know, novellas, Christmas novellas, there's a short page count, so sure. you just don't have, besides it was a lot more interesting up in Breckenridge than it was in Arizona, I'm sorry for anybody who's <laughs> in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny just how, how important snow has sort of become with Christmas. I remember when I was a kid, we spent one year visiting, my, my grandma was down in Florida, and so we did Christmas in Florida, and it just, like, it's very, like, if you're used to snow, I, it is a weird change there. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, I like how Emma, the character in the book, had never even seen snow. Uh, and so to, to come and, like, be sort of wrapped up in all that, I thought was a really a fun hook for the story and a fun, like, journey for that character to take. All right. We were actually in Maui one year, right up almost, I think it was about a week before Christmas when we came home. And so, you know, they had all of their... Maui Christmas things going yeah. on, and and it was just to me it was just sad. <laughs> I mean that's terrible. But it was just like yeah. And then we we came home and we had such a dump of snow. It was so so much snow that we couldn't even go in the woods and get a tree like we would normally do. But I was just so happy to yeah. get back home. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. I, I love the changing of seasons. I mean, even when that means you know we're going to the the coldness of winter, I just I like experiencing all that. I do too. Now, I, I mentioned sort of earlier that uh, your work certainly is far, far beyond just Christmas books. So I want to talk a little bit about that, because as I was looking over your, your back catalog, I mean, the sheer number is impressive. So you, do you know what your count is right now, like your official count of how many published works you have? It's over 250 yeah. at least, isn't it? I don't think anybody knows. My husband yeah. keeps saying it's 300. My agent, she sometimes tries to make a list, but it's, uh, you know, I quit counting we all kind of quit counting at 200. Sure, yeah. And I always tell people, you know, there's about 50 of those books that are kids' books. Uh-huh. So, that, yeah, that's a little easier <laughs> to get that number up there. But but there's, I know there's easily 200 that are, you know, women's novels and teen novels mm-hmm. and other two. So it's a lot of books. Yeah, definitely. How does that happen? When, when I look across, because you mentioned children's books, 
teen books, adult books. I mean, you're, you're covering all ages, and you're really covering all genres. I, I see some historical fiction in there, Christian fiction, Christmas fiction, of course. Um, I even saw a little fantasy creeping in there. So, I mean, how, how does it, I mean, it's nice work if you can get it. How did it happen for you? Uh, yeah, well, you know, like with all writers, it, it started out a little bit slow. Sure. Although I have to say it wasn't that slow. But it, because um, I really wanted to write fiction, and uh -huh. the publishers that I was submitting with and editors I was working with, just they weren't doing a lot of fiction. So okay. one of the editors said, could you write a nonfiction book? So I'm like, oh, okay. And I did, and that was the first book I got published. And then I had such a back pile of books that I'd written in the meantime, because I write okay. really fast. You'd have to, yeah. Guess that. But then, like within a year, it was just boom, boom, boom. And, and people couldn't even believe how that was even possible. But I just, yeah, I, because I was busy at the time, not that I'm not busy now, well, not as busy, but um, I had, you know, kids in schools, part of PTA. I was running a group home daycare center, which well, that was the first book I wrote about. Mm -hmm. I had very little time to write. So when I got on my little typewriter, I wrote really, really fast. And I've always, and it's since I've always written fast. And yeah. In fact, if I try to slow it down, I end up losing threads and sure. kind of get bored with it. And so, so I just go at the speed I want to go. Well, I mean, it sounds like you must have a good way to organize your thoughts because to you know to prioritize that time when you sit down and just be able to push it right out there. I mean, that must be a great feeling, really. It is, and and it's my job now. You know, sure. I've been doing it full time for twenty years. Wow. Now I, I used to do it while I was working and. You know, that kept me writing fast. But even when it, I was full-time at it, I just kind of look at it as a job, go to my office, you know, yeah. not first time, but, you know, and, and stick with it. And, yeah. So what was that feeling like when you first hit that point where you realized you didn't have time to have a job anymore, that writing was your job? Like, what, what was that realization like for you? It was actually really stressful. I bet. Because I was working, I had a really fabulous job. I was working for a publishing company, and they had moved me up pretty quickly in the company just because of what I knew about writing already. And and so it was really a wonderful job, yeah. but the writing was just taking over, and finally it just I had to just make the choice and pull the plug on the job. And then it was scary because yeah. it was... Um, it was a year. My husband had kind of backed off on his work. He was a contractor, and and we were going into winter. The timing sounded terrible, and <laughs> we, and so it, it did get kind of stressful. But I already had an agent, and she was like, no, you know. And and that year, it, I won. I think three. It might have been more than three awards, wow. like national awards. Uh -huh. And it was just so confirming that I had done the right thing. Well, it must but be a little surreal as well, right? I mean, it must be yeah. kind of surreal to find yourself suddenly winning things and just being a writer. Yes, it was. And it was scary surreal. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like they're making for a good Christmas book to me, I, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always need new ideas. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me ask you about that, because, like I said, so many genres and things, I mean, that that must be incredibly challenging. I wonder, is is there a specific age group or a specific genre that you've tried that you've kind of set back on and been like, whoa, that was harder than usual? Well, you know, history is yeah. always, it takes a little more time, although I have to admit, it takes less time now than the first time I started doing historicals. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I was using books, and now, you know, we've got so much access on the Internet. But honestly, the one that I did and I, I had to step away from was the um, suspense. Oh, okay. Just 
Yeah, the the last one that I wrote, and I won't tell the whole backstory because it's kind of awful, but something <laughs> terrible, no, something <laughs> terrible happened with one of my friends okay. um, and her kids, and um, I was in the middle of writing this suspense book, she's like one of my best friends, and it, it just, it just really messed with my head, yeah. and so it was hard to write about people running around with guns and shooting and all yeah. that stuff, so I just, and it, subsequently, I overdid the word count on it by 10,000 words, oh accidentally, yeah. it was like, I think I call it stress writing, <laughs> and then, I, so then I had to go back and, and cut 10,000 words out of it, which I never had to do before, yeah, and when I was done, it was like, I'm done, I'm never writing another yeah. suspense well, book again. Uh, yeah, I understand why that would leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. What's your relationship like with your work? Obviously, that was a bad experience, but I mean, because because you have so many, is it? it, it mu there must be some sense of like you finish it, you put it out there in the world, and you move on. Are there ones that stick with you, or are there ones that you sort of keep coming back to in your mind? Yeah, there's you know there there are, I, and I and I feel bad. Some of them don't, sure. and it, and I know they still resonate with readers because I'll get a letter about some book, you know, it's really specific, and I'll be going. What? <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> but, um, but some of them really do stick with me, and, yeah. and some of them I almost want to write sequels to, but, you know, time goes by and it's, like, too late to really do that. Yeah. But, yeah. There was one that I wrote called Finding Alice that was about um, schizophrenia, okay. which is kind of a heavy topic, and I wouldn't Definitely. want to write a book like that right now because I don't think the world needs it right now. No, we can all, we can all do something light at the moment, I think. That's how I feel, but um, but it really it it was a wonderful experience because um, my son had been treated for it, so I kind of had to learn the yeah. hard way a lot of stuff, and then I kept getting asked questions and was trying to explain it. And finally, it just hit me just write this book, and it was the first book I'd ever written as an adult novel, but in um, first person and present okay. tense. So it was a pretty intense book, and it just and it's it's been well received. It still is in print and some people even use it in college and things so that that one's really special it's kind of near and dear to my heart yeah i mean it sounds like a much more personal experience than than it would typically be right now when when you're working is it is it the sort of thing where you've got one at a time and you're when you're done with that one you move on to the next or do you have a couple that are sort of percolating and maybe you'll work on this for a little while go back to this other one what what's that what's that setup like for you Pretty much one at a time. I mean, sometimes I'll be in the middle of one and edits will come back on another one and I have to take a little break. And occasionally I get distracted. Like right now, I'm really, I'm really supposed to be writing a historical novel that's set in the Old West. Okay. But I, I've been having the opportunity to adapt some of my books to scripts. Yeah. And I got a movie out last year and then, of course, everything got all shut down. But there's one that's maybe going to... It sounds like it's going to come out okay. next year, and then I have one that's sort of like it. So I'm asking the publisher, "Is it? Would you mind if I push this one back a little bit so I could adapt another script?" So then yeah. I'm kind of my head's in two places at one time sure. there, but I want to, yeah. But normally it's just one at a time. Yeah, I, that that seems like it would make the most sense just to, just to keep that all straight in your mind. Let's talk a little bit about all summer long because that that's the one that just came out in Hallmark uh, in 2019. Right. Is that right? Last year, yeah. Yeah. So what? I mean, twenty years into this, this this must be a rare new experience to be to be adapting your work like this. What what was that process like for you? What role did you play in in the production and all that? Well, actually, I didn't get to adapt that one myself. Okay. I 
when it, when it got to that point when I did go up there and watch it being filmed and everything, I oh, was really wishing that I had. I had adapted a couple of others, um, Christmas, and my stuff has been optioned okay. for like uh, quite a long time. Okay. But things get really close. Like the one I mentioned, Finding Alice, was optioned by Lifetime and came really close. And then they had writer strikes and they had LA fires mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then they had another story that was kind of similar to mine that was all ready to go in production oh, and mine okay. was it and yada yada so but i mean there's been a lot of ups and downs like that so um when the first one happened with hallmark yeah i didn't even believe it was going to happen until it was actually in production but it was exciting it was fun to oh, go yeah. up there I, it was filmed in canada although it's supposedly set in san francisco uh-huh. and you when you watch the movie you don't know yeah but um i got to go up there and the boat was a real primary character in the story which was kind of fun and but i learned a lot and then what i was motivated to do after i got done was go home and immediately adapt my next novel that felt like it was kind of hallmarkish okay. and got it ready and that's the one it's called the happy camper and it just came out oh, sure. in the yeah. springtime yeah. and that's the one that looks like it's going to get to be a movie so i had then i wrote had written another book just this summer that's called nobody even really knows about it yet but it's called home sweet tiny home okay Ooh, it's due to come out <laughs> in the springtime and that's the one i'm gonna probably adapt okay so what what was it like? I mean, so you were on set a little bit for all summer long. I mean, what what was it like to see to see your book just come to life in front of you? To see you know actors saying your lines and that that sort of thing. What what, what did that feel like for you? It was kind of surreal, I to imagine. be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was just it, I was just so almost overwhelmed by everybody that was there and just impressed with who they were. Sure. And, and I love to learn, and so I'm probably just like a sponge, just sitting there absorbing everything and thinking, oh, I could write a book about this. Right. <laughs> yeah, just the whole idea of the, all the people that work on it and just fascinated by how they knew what they were doing and did it so well. And yeah, the whole thing was just kind of amazing, yeah. So is this something that you feel like you're going to be more proactive in in the future? Like, is this, is this a new avenue for you to get your work out there? I hope so. Yeah. You know, I was all getting excited because I have, I think I have about five scripts that are kind of ready to go and, or semi ready to go. And so we, and I was getting a lot of connections with people and with several people, even besides Hallmark and, and then COVID. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it just was like, oh dear, you know, and yeah. yeah. So yeah, that kind of was the damper. And I'm Certainly. like I said, I'm sort of used to it because it feels like we've done this before. But right now I have um, a number of things with a number of producers. I think I've got about four different things that are sort of percolating oh, that's great. At, at different levels. And so it'll be fun to see. And it's, it's one of those things. I don't hold my breath. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Have you done anything where you're just adapting, or you're just writing directly as a screenplay, or has it all been adapting um, existing works? No, I did. I wrote an original screenplay. It's been some time ago. I did it. Um, I had taken an adaptation class and then had gotten the software to do it, and I hadn't used it because I was just busy writing. Yeah. And then, um, literally, just the week after the 9/11 attack stuff oh. happened, my agent just kind of went underground it really freaked her out understandably so and i was freaked out too and i didn't really have a current project like at the time we were kind of waiting on some things and i thought i'm just gonna get this software out and i'm just gonna write i'm gonna play with it Mm -hmm. and i ended up writing a screenplay that is it's actually 
under consideration as well. Oh, okay. But um, that's just this really kind of crazy idea, fanciful thing. But anyway, it, and I loved it, and I did. I wrote it extremely fast. By the time I got done with it, my agent was you know back and talking to me, and we were getting ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, and I and I would like to do that again. It's just I usually I have a book you know that's due, so I. Yeah. I and I would love, though, to get more involved in film. And I've been saying that for years. And mm-hmm. it's just, like I said, it was just, it felt like it was kind of almost going to start happening. Yeah. And then COVID. So, yeah. But now that we've got a vaccine and, yes. you know, they said that Hollywood's now kind of gearing up. And some of the people that I'm working up with on one of the projects are getting really excited because they feel like, everything's just about to open up and that everybody will be wanting material because Absolutely. they'll be ready to rock and roll. And so hopefully we'll see. Yeah. Well, and I think COVID aside too, I think the landscape of that has changed so much, even in the last five years with, with so many different streaming options and so many, there's just such an increase in people out there looking for content that it's kind of a perfect time to be doing this sort of thing. Right. And what I'm hearing, and it may just be because of who they're connected with, is that they're, that people are wanting more family-friendly, yeah. cheerful movies. Sure. So I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, with so many in your back catalog, what would you recommend for somebody who hasn't read your books before? Uh, where would you point them as this is the ideal place to start? <laughs> well, hard, the, right? <laughs> I know. It kind of depends on what they want to read. Yeah. Um, Wow, you know, a Christmas book. Why not start with a Christmas book? Because it's a good, yeah. good time of year for it, yeah. and it's a good sample. And I, and I think, you know, my writing style isn't all that much different, whether it is a historical or suspense or whatever, you know. It, it's still my voice. But, um, yeah, I think a Christmas book would be good. Yeah. Now, do you have, and you mentioned a couple here, but I, I wonder, is there one that you find... Uh, you get the most letters or, or communications about. The one that you feel like maybe above the others is the one that, that people uh, gravitate towards the most. Well, honestly, I get more responses from teens, and I think it's because they're oh, quicker okay. to get on whatever. I even get handwritten letters from teens, really? too, which is always sweet. So, you know, a lot of my teen books have just really touched girls' hearts. Although I got a letter just a few days ago from this woman and it seems like she was from New York, um, okay. who it was this, it's really one of the sweetest adult letters I've ever gotten where she starts out by saying that she never was a reader. She didn't even learn to read till she was in second grade and um, just didn't read. And somehow she picked up, and it was two or three of my Christmas books right before COVID mm-hmm. from her library. Okay. Just, and they looked, no, she started with a kid's book. That was it. She, she started with the kid's book because she thought, that would be more her reading level. Sure. And it was a Christmas book, because I've written uh, quite a few Christmas books for kids, too. Mm-hmm. And then she went back, and then she found, like, three of my Christmas books and took them home. And then COVID hit. You know, yeah. it was kind of a funny time to be re- reading Christmas books. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she said that she got so hooked that she had, she was, you know, saying, like, she read all my books, which is impossible. She it is, yeah. I read all my books that they had in the library. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I thought that was really, really sweet. Yeah, that's so, great. Yeah, you know, I, I, there, I kind of I feel like I have something for everyone, so it'd be hard to say. Uh, some of my historical series, I think, are really fun. I've got one that's set in World War One and one that's set in World War Two. The one in World War Two um, is called The Mulligan Sisters, 
it's four books and each one of them features a different one of the sisters stories during world war ii which is really kind of cool a women's perspective and yeah and set in san francisco primarily and then i have another series that's in world war one that's called the legacy of sunset cove and it's also four books and it's not that it focuses so much on the war but it's that era mm-hmm. and it's it's actually set in oregon and we were one of the first states that had prohibition and one of the first states that had women's vote oh, wow. which led pro- prohibition oh. <laughs> and then just there was a lot of rum running and things like that but ironically the last book came out in march i think it was and it was all about the Spanish flu. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I got a lot of letters from people. How did you know? Yeah, ahead of the curve there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a funny coincidence. Well, if uh, if people are looking for more information or, or want to know more about your work, what's the best place for them to find you online? My website is melodycarlson.com, and okay. it's it's a little it's a little frumpy and outdated. <laughs> we need to <laughs> we need to do a little work on it. My son's been the one that's just kind of kept it going yeah. for me, but yeah. Okay. And what about social media? Are you active on social media? I, I am on Facebook. I wouldn't okay. say that I'm active, but I'm there. <laughs> okay. And um, barely there. It's <laughs> probably more honest, but yeah. And then, but if they go onto my um, website they can sign up for my newsletter that's probably where i'm most active i try to send the newsletter out uh, about once a month sometimes more sometimes less okay yeah. and do you have any anything else coming out this year was christmas swap that your uh, your last for 2020 it's the last one for 2020 okay i'll be there'll be some coming out in 2021 okay anything you can preview for us the one that i mentioned the home sweet tiny home yes should be out uh, kind of early in the year, maybe spring, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us this morning. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks. My thanks once again to Melody Carlson. As I said, my intro to her work was The Christmas Dog. But after that, The Christmas Pony, The Christmas Cat, The Christmas Swap, and many others uh, are always a good holiday festive time. So check out one of those books. The film All Summer Long, based on her novel of the same name, is streaming now. And we have The Christmas Swap and a good assortment of her other work on the shelves right here at the David A. Howe Public Library. You can keep an eye out for her new book, Home Sweet Tiny Home. And you can find more at MelodyCarlson.com. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And I'll See you next time here on House Things.